Welcome to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. This bi-weekly podcast is designed to be a safe space to admit what we truly believe in our hearts. We all know the difference between just having biblical knowledge floating around in our heads and actually believing that it's true. Until God's truth makes its way into our hearts, nothing changes. We'll be doing a mix of solo episodes and interviews with friends who have experienced the freedom that comes when head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. We'll talk about overcoming lies in our relationships, mental health struggles, and the way we see ourselves. The truth will set you free so that you can walk every day in the freedom God desires for you. It's time to let go of the pressures, insecurities, and burdens. That's not yours to carry. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm so glad you tuned in to this show of all the podcasts that you could have listened to. Thank you for choosing us today. I'm your host, Jenny Markham, and I just want to say as we begin this episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a rating and review. So if you want to just pause this episode, go ahead, rate us, give us a review. We'll wait for you, so go ahead. But if you want to do it after, that's okay too. But it helps the show so much when you do that. And you might get the chance to even have your review read out loud on an episode. Craig said, simplicity and heart. So impressed with the pod and the topics. Thankful to hear thoughtful reflections on amazing topics. Thank you so much, Craig. And I really love it when people refer to the podcast as the pod. I just think that's so funny. And, of course, shout out to the people who have already become subscribers. Subscribers get four episodes every month instead of just the regular two. So they have all access to all bonus, exclusive, and extended episodes ad-free. Zero commercials. And they get it all for $2 a month. That's literally it. Just two. So if you want to join the party, you can follow the link that says subscribe in the show notes. And of course, I have to introduce myself, but I also have to introduce my husband, Joseph. Go ahead, say hi. Hey, everybody. (laughs) So Joseph and I, (laughs) I had other plans for this episode, I guess, but the C word interrupted us. COVID took over. COVID took over. We were struck. We were struck by the COVID. COVID. So plans changed a little bit aka kobe yeah exactly because you're like inside like in a cove yeah in your own home in isolation yeah Yeah. so we're gonna say a fun fact about both of us and joseph isn't really going to be the guest today but he is here doing this with me he's not necessarily the co-host either so i said i was like what if you're like the sound guy and okay check check mic working yeah exactly he's really good at it (laughs) and um you know that episode of spongebob where they're like trying to make a movie and sandy cheeks is in charge of the mic she's like did somebody say boom and she does an explosive because she's in charge of the boom mic oh yeah (laughs) you're that you are sandy cheeks thanks yeah you're welcome appreciate that and so he is an important part of the story that I'm going to tell today. He's going to be just tuning in whenever he wants. I was like, Joseph, if I ever get a detail of the story wrong, or if you have anything to add in, just jump right in. So he is sound guy extraordinaire today. So Joseph, why don't you tell us the fun fact about yourself? Yeah, my fun fact is growing up, I've been obsessed with like aquariums. Um, Not just 
like going to aquariums obviously but at home aquariums so yeah i just love um you know building fish tanks setting it up and just having new fish filtering and all the new stuff out so that's currently what i'm doing now since we recently moved to a big place trying to find the right fit for our home <laughs> yeah yeah it's been a struggle but i bet the pet stores all know you by yeah. name <laughs> So they're nice fun. they're helpful yeah yeah pet smart's really great my fun fact it was hard to pick this one but joseph gave me a good one for me but um my fun fact is that i love gardening and i actually have 37 plants currently so but i'm not the only one who like brings them home joseph definitely shows up at the door with plants at times so i'm not the only one who makes that happen yeah dream team so the question we always have to ask is, what have I been set free from? In this episode, I'm going to share how I've been set free from the burden of black and white thinking about secondary issues in the church. So come to the story. If I get any part of this wrong, Joseph, you just jump right in. Or if you want to add anything, or if I forget anything, go ahead, jump right in. Okay. So when Joseph and I got married, this is May 2021, we knew we had to find a church. We had a church, but we knew we needed to switch and pick a church as a married couple. So we started looking at churches. We already knew that we had grown up in different denominations of churches. We already knew that. So when we started this church hunt, as you church hop, as we do, we started with a church that was in the same denomination that I grew up in. But there was one specific secondary issue that Joseph had not grown up with. And that was very strange for me. It was incredibly normal for me. And the secondary issue that I'm talking about was women as pastors in churches and women in leadership. And Joseph had not grown up with that, but I had. So at first I was like, what's the problem? I don't understand. But we... I knew that you were thinking, Joseph, like, is this biblical? I thought it wasn't. I was taught this way. I wasn't taught that way. There were a lot of questions coming up. So we decided to take some time to study scripture for ourselves about this issue. Both of us didn't want to just go along with whatever we had grown up with. So we took time and we studied, we prayed, we looked at commentaries, we watched videos of teachings. We did everything we could in our power to try to get to the bottom of this. Is it egalitarianism or is it complementarianism? Someone tell us. After we had studied and done all that, we then tried to talk about what we had learned. But talking about it did not go as well as we had hoped. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We were still on opposing sides, even though we had done our own research and tried to come up with the best solution that we could. So we studied more and we learned more and then we talked about it again and we were kind of still on opposing sides. Nothing, I'm not going to say nothing changed. I think that you took like two steps closer to the egalitarian side. I think Mm -hmm. that at that point you were like, okay, I could see that women can be children's pastors and youth pastors, but, but that's it. So you took like two steps, but we were not at all on the same page and it didn't really help us where do we go to church so we tried to talk about this several times but we didn't seem to get anywhere and they eventually turned into arguments where i 
did not want to talk about it anymore because I was like, I don't feel like we're on the same page and are we ever going to get on the same page? So one time after an argument, I went on a walk. While I was on this walk, I started praying like, God, am I wrong? Is he right? I thought I was right, but I just want to know the truth because I want to be on the same page. So please correct me. Please just tell me something. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And I remember hearing the Lord's voice and it felt like peace was like rushing over me. But I felt him say, I'm going to guide you into something better than choosing a side. I'm going to help you understand my heart. And when I felt that, felt such peace and relief come over me because I thought, oh, thank God, it's not actually about getting it right or wrong. Jesus still needs to be the center. So a few months go by. We aren't arguing about that anymore, but we still are trying to find a church. And several didn't work out for various reasons, not just secondary issues. We tried one for about two months, and when that one didn't work out, I felt so hopeless. I was so worried that we were never going to get on the same page. We were never going to find a church that we could both feel excited about and agree on. And during this time, I went and talked with a friend about this, and I was like, I don't know what to do. Are we ever going to find a church? And I asked her to pray with me. And while we were praying, she said that she got a picture of Joseph and I worshiping side by side. And the atmosphere behind us, like the background that we were worshiping in, kept changing. So we were still there worshiping side by side, but then we were in a a church with pews, then it went to an outdoor area, then it went to under a big tent, then it went to a big church, then it went to a small church, etc., etc., And she said, I feel like it doesn't matter where you guys are worshiping. What really matters is that you are worshiping God together. So after that, I felt a little better, more encouraged for sure. And then Joseph recommended we try this one church. And as we kept going week after week, we both liked it a lot. We kept going there. And the more we went, the more we liked it. Until one day, (laughs) we went to a new guest meeting where they're like, here's what our church is about, here's what we do, here's why we do it. And they said in that meeting that they had a board of like 12 people Mm -hmm. and two of them were women. It was a board of elders specifically. There was like maybe 10 people, two of them are women. And my stomach just sunk as I heard that because I felt like I knew exactly what you were going to say when we would talk about it later. So Joseph was having a bit of a hard time and and thinking like, well, can I still join this church in good conscience? We both love the church, but he was wondering, can I join this church because of this one thing that he disagrees with? And I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that a big part of that was that you question like, is this sinful? Am I sinning if I join this church? Right. It was very black and white thinking for something that I thought was more of a gray area. So we talked about it and I would try to reassure him that I didn't think it was sin and it's just one little thing and you love the church. It was more just like, please, let's be on the same page, please. And then around Thanksgiving time, I sent up a flare prayer. 
a flare prayer, for those who don't know, is, you know, when you're like stuck in a dangerous situation, you have a flare gun that you point at the sky and you, you know, send up a flare so people know where you are and they can rescue you. A flare prayer is a prayer where you're like, God help, I don't know what to do, in the air, very desperate. So I sent up a flare prayer. I was so tired of not having a home church. I knew we both wanted to have a home church. And I was so desperate just to be on the same page. So I prayed. I was like, God, just please either change his mind or change my mind. Give us the church that we need to go to because I just want to be on the same page. And it was crazy because I saw God answer that prayer. Like literally the next day started working on it. The next day we were both listening to a sermon and we, I think that we found out while we were listening to it that the sermon was actually about discernment and working with people who don't necessarily agree with you on everything. So that was really cool. Then later that week, you came to me and said that when you were praying, you said that God told you, you submit to me first, and then you submit to the leadership over you. You're first submitting to God, and then you submit to people, right? Mm -hmm. And then... The next day, we went to a party, and I saw that Joseph was talking with one of his friends across the room, and I knew you guys were talking about church, but I had no idea what you were saying. I couldn't hear you. (laughs) So when we came home from that party that night, you were completely, you seemed so relieved, and like something had definitely changed about this issue. And you were saying that you felt like God spoke to you through that conversation, and that you felt like such a small disagreement you'd just been looking at it wrong and it had become a big block because of that is that what you felt like you're saying well yeah i felt that in a sense of um well i i decided to look more in a lot of context situations i think it's the more i understood what scripture says around these verses about whether or not you know, who should be preachers and leaders, um, I just realized that instead of focusing on um, trying to obtain the right answer, um, just obey God first and just understand that this church that we go to and what they stand for, you know, ultimately stand for the, for the Lord and his mission and what and that we agree with. And while while I while I still hold some views, you know, I I I'm not going to allow that to dictate whether or not I'm gonna go to whether or not I'm not gonna go to the church or not, and you know, and so yeah, and when I when I realize that, and not to live out of fear, not live into any, I have to live by this because if I don't, I'm sinning against God. I think the Lord just says, no, you're not gonna, you're not doing that, you know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I realized yeah. that. Yeah. And so that was a huge answer to prayer. And finally, finally, we had a home church. Mm-hmm. Flare prayers really work. They really do. Yeah. And I'll also mention, too, is, like, you know, Jenny Jenny and I, like, we we still, like, we, we, we agree on mostly everything. And, like, I'm not going to get into the detail of everything. But, like, there's still a little bit of, you know, a few things that we both disagree in, but, like, that does not hold me back or hold Jenny back. And, like, because I allowed myself to not let that be 
um, the culprit of of the deciding factor of just trusting the Lord and, and she trusted the Lord, you know, we were able to find our church. Yeah. And so that's our personal story, but this story is not necessarily uncommon mm-hmm. in the church. Christians have let secondary issues become priority yeah. in their hearts. And what I mean by secondary issues is every aspect of beliefs that does not affect someone's salvation. Yeah. Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's by faith alone that we're saved. It's not faith plus having exactly correct theology. And this actually happens all the time where we think of Christians with differing beliefs as a type of us versus them mentality. So let's all close our eyes. Let's just close our eyes. Unless you're driving, go ahead and close your eyes. Let's say, picture this with me. You become friends with this person you meet at church. You guys are getting along great. You hang out during the week. You're in the same small group together. But one day you're talking with them about your relationship with God. And they say something that shocks you. And you say, what? Are you even a Christian? (laughs) And they say, yes, I am. Now, I'm going to list off many statements that are considered secondary issues. And let's pretend this friend of yours said one of these. Or all of them. (laughs) Or all of them. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a Christian and I believe women can be pastors. I'm a Christian and I believe women can't teach men and women in the church. I'm a Christian and I'm pro-choice. I'm a Christian and I don't believe the spiritual gifts are for today. I'm a Christian and I believe in speaking in tongues. I'm a Christian and I believe in predestination. I'm a Calvinist. I'm an Arminian. I'm Reformed. I'm Pentecostal. I'm Baptist. I could go on for a long time here. There are more, but I'm going to stop there. So which one of those statements offended you the most? (laughs) Maybe you wouldn't say that any of them really offended you. Which one made you raise your eyebrows and say, Christians actually believe that? Why does that surprise you? Why does that offend you? Mm-hmm. Is it an essential issue? Does that issue impact their salvation at all? Pretty much all of us come to a point in our faith where we think we have it all figured out. Maybe none of us would say that out loud. Like, yes, I do know everything. Thank you. But we would say that we know what is true and what's not. We hear about others' differing opinions and think, well, that's stupid. Why would they think that? That's obviously wrong. Everything seems incredibly black and white to us, but most of us don't understand that most secondary issues are more of a gray area until we become more mature in our faith and as people. There's part of our brain called the prefrontal cortex, and this part of our brain is in charge of a lot of things, and some of those things include planning complex behavior, personality expression, decision-making, and moderating social behavior. So this part of our brain that does all these important things that are essential to everyday life doesn't fully develop until around age 27, which is absolutely insane, which is why you see younger people being more impulsive, not really thinking through decisions, but you see older people kind of weighing all the options, all the pros and cons when decision making. 
And that's why when we're younger than 27, 28, it can feel so easy to reason and say, that's wrong and this is right. But as your brain develops, it realizes that so much of life is a lot more gray than we thought it was. And we are able to reason with better clarity and understanding. Shout out to those in the room who are 27. Whoop, whoop. That's you, Joseph. You're 27. I am 27. Congratulations. (laughs) And this is why we hear a lot of adults say, the older I get, the less I know. Because it's easy to assume that we have it all right. We have our theology down pat and everyone who disagrees with us is wrong. But that is a closed and fixed mindset that is not open to correction, vulnerability, or growth. It is okay to disagree with somebody, but it is not okay to cancel them, disrespect them, talk badly about them, be unkind to them, just because they do not stroke our ego and tell us that we're right all the time. This is what you call an echo chamber. And we all have an echo chamber at least once in our lives. An echo chamber is your yes men people around you, in person or online. So these guys believe the same exact things. You have similar backgrounds, you like the same things. They are unlikely to challenge your opinions in any way because they think the same exact thing as you do. And it's hard to come to the fact that maybe you only believe the things you do because it is all everyone around you has ever told you. Maybe you've never experienced anything different. Okay, I need everyone to close your eyes one more time, of course, unless you are driving. Picture your friend group. Who would you say your closest friends are? And then beyond that, who would you say your really good friends are? Do they look like you? Do they act like you? Do they believe the same things as you? Were they raised in the same type of background as you? If you're saying yes to all these questions, I don't want you to feel shame. It is natural that we gravitate towards others that we can relate to, but it is dangerous if we stay tied to these bubbles in an attempt to make us feel like we're right, we know it all, and no one is going to challenge us. This is an issue because Jesus was never, almost never, in an echo chamber. He chose disciples who were completely different from each other. Simon the Zealot came from a background where he wanted to violently overthrow the Romans for the glory of God, of course. But Jesus also included women following him, and he taught them in a society that viewed women as, like, equal to property. And he was known to hang out with sinners, which the religious viewed as the wrong crowd to hang out with. You did not want to mess with them. My dear listeners... Since when did agreeing with someone become a prerequisite for loving them? If you haven't noticed, we live in cancel culture. Cancel culture is a part of everyday life where if we don't agree with someone or if they offend us in some way, it is as easy as pressing a few buttons to cancel them out of our lives. Beep, beep, boop, bop. Thank you, Joseph. They posted this opposing political view, just unfollow them. They commented on your post with a different opinion. Yes, Sandy, stop doing that. Yeah, just delete the comment. One of the reasons we live in cancel culture right now is because social media has made it so easy to only be surrounded by the people who agree with you. The algorithm on social media tracks when you like something 
so that it can show you more content exactly like that. It is completely possible not to even see anything on social media that you would disagree with because it tracks your patterns to produce more content that confirms your already existing beliefs. You literally have to go out of your way if you wanna see anything that disagrees with you. And this is a huge concern because it takes away our need to think for ourselves. So I have to ask you, it's a very hard question, but you have to reflect and answer honestly. Is social media discipling you? Is Instagram discipling you? Is Twitter, is Facebook, whatever you use? Think about it. Let's say you read your Bible once a day. That's pretty good, right? Well, you might also be picking up your phone and scrolling your feed like six times a day, maybe more. So are you following God or are you following a person who posts a lot about God? Social media likes to grab our attention and steal our time, but when was the last time you just studied the Bible for yourself? Hey, can I be real? Sure. Go ahead, be real. No, thanks. Um, Has this ever happened to you where you will say to yourself, yeah, no more social media, and then, like, you start getting the itch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the itch yeah. is real. yeah. And then you're like, I'm going to stay off Instagram for, let's just say I dare yourself to stay off for a week. And then, you know, you're good for about half a day, maybe get to the evening, but then you just start noticing something missing. Mm -hmm. The itch. Mm -hmm. You want to know. It's the itch, yeah. And then, you know, either you give into that or you say no. One other thing I found myself is closing a social media app and then seconds later opening it up whether whether or not I know it or not. like unconsciously doing it and i'm like did i just see this post two seconds ago (laughs) wait i was just on instagram what the heck yeah yeah it's like your fingers do the work for you it's like your fingers just like reach into your back pocket grab your phone you're like wait what am i doing believe me i love being organized just as much as the next person but i have found a pattern in my life when i try to use a basic planner It goes like this. I'm going strong, writing down what I need to do until Thanksgiving comes around. And then I forget the planner exists until the new year. In January, I'm committed and excited to get organized, but once March hits, I can't even find the thing anymore. Have you ever experienced this? Do you ever feel like you want to get organized but just don't have the time to? Let me tell you about Life in Order. Life in Order is a business that makes 100% customized bullet journals to help set you up to thrive in your goals, business, relationships, and personal growth. My bullet journal has been a game changer for me, and the best part about it was that it was already set up for what I personally needed in my life. Now I can keep track of how much water I drink and how often I'm journaling. I also requested to put a page in there specifically dedicated to honeybees, because who doesn't need more honeybees in their life? You can find Life in Order's products on Etsy.com today to get your own bullet journal set up for your unique lifestyle. You can also use the code JENNY15, that's J-E-N-N-Y-1-5, to get 15% off your personalized journal today. So I highly encourage you, take initiative to order one and your future self will personally come back to you of today and thank you. 
So we know that in order to create unity within the church and love others who believe differently from us, if that's a little bit differently or a lot differently, we have to stop copying what we see in cancel culture. So I'm going to give you some steps. Step one is humble yourself. We have to humble ourselves. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. The proud say that they have it right. The proud say that there's nothing they can do to learn more. But there is always something new you can learn from other people. I know some of you might say, does this mean like I can't debate with anyone anymore? Or can I challenge my friend's beliefs at all? But I would say that if you are able to do that in a God-honoring way, where you are genuinely listening to the other, to learn from them, not just to counteract them and say your piece. If you can love them and honor them well, if you don't talk badly about them to anyone else afterwards, if you still respect them and love them after the conversation is done, then I think you can debate and challenge another person's beliefs, but it cannot come from a place of pride. Because if you're not producing the fruit of the spirit, no one is going to want what you have. No one is going to want to believe what you believe if they see that you're just an argumentative person who has given way to all of cancel culture's norms. Yeah, I would also say, don't be afraid to, I don't know if I would use the word debate, but if you're really true, if you're really truly knitted with really good friends that are believers, um, and you know, like, there's some differences like don't I would say in wisdom you know share your beliefs and build one another up and encourage one another and like share with them your beliefs because you know people you know may need wisdom and guidance and discernment and just be true be truthful of what you know your heart is when you are sharing or well, debating or just or discussing because I've grown in my life where my friends have you know helped me a lot with certain things and you know not everything that I hear from them has shaped and made me who I am today but it had brought perspective that helped me grow into a certain topic or things that I need to work on yeah that's why we need other people around us mm-hmm. okay number two do your own work if you just take everything your pastor says at face value then is it really your own faith are you just trying to copy and paste your pastor's faith into your notebook when you take notes? If you have questions about something, ask God because you have direct access to him. Search the word and wrestle with your questions. It's okay. It's okay to doubt. It's okay to not know. And it's okay to do the work yourself. We can't say, well, John Piper says this, so I believe it. And just take it. it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and just take it at face value. Well, I will say this, like, I mean, I'm not trying to speak on about John Piper. Um, <laughs> so, we live in Minnesota. Uh, hopefully most of you guys know that, or anybody foreign out there. We live in Minnesota. And um, in Minneapolis, uh, you know, one of John Piper's church, he used to preach there. I have a friend of mine, and his friend was going to that church, and I don't go to the church, but he would go to that church, and John Piper, I think, you know, he's, like, slowly retiring, I think. Uh, that friend started at the back of the pew, and every Sunday, he would move one pew closer, and the next pew closer, and the next pew closer, and he would tell his friend, 
hey, I'm getting closer to John Piper. <laughs> and then his friend, and, and then my friend told the other guy, he's like, are you there for God or are you there for John? I want to touch the back of John Piper's head. <laughs> but, yeah, and so that just, like, made me realize, like, you know, being wise and being discerning of what a pastor or a teacher says. Um, and, you know, don't just go and take every word for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, number three, get outside of your echo chamber. So I'm not saying, you know, everyone who has ever agreed with you, just throw them out. Or never ask them about anything again. I'm not saying that. But ask wise mentors in your life. And if someone has been a good um, support system for you, you can continue to bring questions to them. But I would encourage you to also purposely listen to some things that you don't necessarily think you agree with at this moment in time. Listen to some podcasts that present the opposing side. And some of you are going to listen to some podcasts that make you say like, oh my gosh, I hope no one sees that I'm listening to this. But if you're saying that, I'm proud of you already because you are getting outside of your echo chamber and you are seeing what the opposing side says and you're understanding that people are on all different sides of the spectrum and we can't just throw away one side because we don't understand it. I think it's pretty cool sometimes, in a way. I mean, if you, like, put yourself out there and try to just hear something different, not in the sense of, like, oh, my gosh, I want a new revelation or I want a new a new teaching, but just, like, know what's out there and know and be aware of what's being taught, what's being said, what who believes what, who does what, you know. You know, it's just easy now just to, like, go online and type in churches, go to the website and look at the recent stream. Yeah. And number four, the last one, Throw away the mindset that you cannot work with anyone different than you. Because this, Joseph and I have both seen this really hinder a lot of people who are growing into their faith where they think they have it figured out. And then when they come into contact with a leader that believes differently than them, they feel like they need to leave. They need to leave the organization. They need to leave that leadership because they can't agree on this one thing. And you will always encounter people who believe differently. And if you only want people exactly like you, your life will be bland and dull and all about you. And let's say you think, well, I don't really agree with this leader on a few issues, so I think that I should leave. Well, wherever you go next, what happens when that leader says something that you don't agree with? Do you leave there too? Do you just keep hopping around? You look like you were going to say something. Did you oh, I to am. Say something? I'm, just, I'm okay. just waiting. Um, one thing that kind of came to my mind is, you know, Jesus, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, he not only came to to give his life as a sacrifice so that we may spend eternity with him and, and to learn his ways and live that out as a testimony, but he came he came to pave a way of teaching and, t- and and um, just miracles, but he also had a team, 12 disciples. And, you know, Jenny touched on a couple, well, at least one about who was it that wanted the Romans to die? or who? Simon the Zealot. Yeah, and, you know, you have Simon the Zealot, you have Peter who denies, you know, Christ. Oh, yeah, you have Matthew, who's a tax collector and has basically betrayed all the Jews. Right. By becoming a tax collector. Yeah, and so you have all these people... And 
you know, we know that in the Bible, Jesus never left the 12 disciples. You know, he was there to teach them and guide them. And um, he never he never left uh, because of a um, dispute or a, uh, a disagreement. And you can look at now, I mean, besides, you know, Judas, um, you know, his 12 disciples went on and did amazing things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it connected to Paul and so forth. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Jesus never left because he disagreed. You know, he saw past those issues. Yeah. Yeah. So, bottom line, God is not as concerned with these secondary issues as we think he is. Uh Every person is in some place in this process where they are developing their own relationship with the Lord. And when I started dating Joseph, we knew that we grew up in different church denominations. And yet I never felt like the Holy Spirit was saying like, no, you can't be with him or leading me out of that because we were somehow incompatible because of our different backgrounds or different little secondary issues we believed. And that's not the meaning of equally yoked. If you come from the same denomination and believe the same exact things, that's not the meaning of equally yoked. We're not just looking for someone exactly like us. That's not the point. So through this whole process of finding a church, we both felt the Lord was saying to us that Christ is the most important thing. All else is not as important as we think it is. Do you have any final words for us, Joseph? Well, I think this has been incredibly helpful and a reminder, at least for me, um, and so, yeah, I just encourage you, the listener, um, just look into your life and look into your friendships and, you know, search, I know we don't have like, we haven't said everything what's the immediate concerns of, you know, I know we've been talking about secondary issues, but, you know, understand what, what are real concerns, what are real factors you need to look out for in a church, in relationships in your life, you know, and, you know, someone denying Christ, or denying the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you know, that's a big that's concern. That's like a salvation that's issue. That's a salvation issue. You know, there's a thing that, you know, I, that's just a couple, you know, that, you know, you should be concerned about and, you know, at least try to have wisdom and just doing that for yourself or someone else or where you go. And, um, yeah, so I just hope this has been encouraging. And, again, I apologize for COVID and, and if I ever listen to this episode, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm You're going to be like, wow, I sound so <laughs> yeah, congested. Yeah, I sound so congested. I mean, I, to me, I sound like Kermit the Frog. No, you don't sound like Kermit no. the Frog. You just sound like a little raspy. A little raspy. A little raspy. You've been an amazing sound guy, Joseph. Hey. Did somebody say boom? <laughs> just check, check. Mic check. One, two, three. Thank you, dear listeners, for tuning Wait, in. this has been muted the whole time. That's not true. <laughs> no, I just got you. Thank you so much, listeners, for tuning in to Head to Heart Podcast. It was a joy to make this episode for you. So if this impacted you in any way, why don't you go ahead and share this episode on your Instagram story and share it to the world so we can all just get out of this this arguing, this this worry about secondary issues that don't matter that much because Christ literally desires for us to live in unity. So... Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Head to Heart Podcast. It's a joy to record them and a joy to have you listen. 
If you have any topics in mind you'd like us to cover, go ahead and send us a message on Instagram. The handle is head to heart underscore podcast. Make sure you subscribe as a way of making sure you never miss an episode. And if you would be so kind, go ahead and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps out the show so much when you do. We'll be releasing episodes to you every other Friday. So stay tuned and thanks for joining us. Thank you.